Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. All right, let's get after it. September 1 edition of Two Guys Named Chris. Week 1 is officially upon us in college football. Hell yes. Joined by Chris Hassel in the sunny state of Florida. The sunshine state. I want to cry. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Uh, happy to be with you on Two Guys Named Chris, presented by Fairway. This is uh, episode number two, uh, officially, right? Um, Correct. I, I find a yep. hard time sleeping the night before because I'm so excited to get on and just mine's going, going all sorts. Yesterday was freaking crazy. Like I, so I had to be in Iowa City yesterday uh, for some health stuff with my daughter, and like it turned into like a really busy news day. In college football with the Big 12's deal about their opening up media rights and then there was the report on I mean the way I understand it like there's a board of directors type for the college football playoff and they're just annoyed with all the commissioners so they're like we're gonna take matters into our own hands and then on top of that like we have like actual like a real slate of games so yeah there, there's yeah, a lot to get to <laughs> I kind of wish we could leave that, um, you know, the expansion talk and the college football playoff talk to the offseason. You know, that's a way to, you know, bridge the gap in the offseason. We kind of get all that out of the way and then you get to games. But now here we are, you know, the day that we're going to kick off a bunch of games in week one, Thursday night, tonight. Uh, and we're still talking about this stuff. And I get it. You know, it's it's really important. But um, I, it, it would be nice if we could just focus on the games for once because we rarely get to do that anymore. No, I get it. I think for our show, we probably will do that for the most part. Now, when John Miller and I come on tomorrow, I can't promise that because Miller and I like the big picture, like the we like the the political side of things and whatnot. But we'll we'll touch on it all. You guys are going to uh, get into wanna... politics. You and John Miller on politics? No, like the political aspect of college football, like all. This okay, stuff, right? I was going to say because if you're going to get into politics, you better get Dace on to even things out, right? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, maybe that's, that's, maybe that's, that's down the future the road. of Iowa everywhere. God, no, no. Um, shout out to Fairway. So uh, truth here. So I'm I know you work on on Saturdays, clearly, and you're, you're usually not around. But I I bought a camper during the pandemic. Did you know that you bought a camper? No, I did not know that. Yeah. So what's cool is I have a. a friend of mine who gives me his RV spot at Jack Trice stadium. So on mm-hmm. Fridays, I like to take my camper up to Jack and I just spend the night there. So then on Saturday I can just roll out of bed and go to work. And then, you know, my kids are already there and you don't have to fight traffic. Sure. Anything sure. like that. But on Friday nights, I like to do a big, um, you know, nice meal 
going to the fairway meat market, the one up mm. in Ames. If you ever, you've probably never been there. It's unreal. It's like what's your go-to meat? Oh man, I turned the mic around and now all of a sudden I sound great. What's your go-to meat at the fairway meat market? I'm a ribs man. Like if I could, really? if I had, if I had the time, I would mm. do pork ribs. I would just eat pork ribs every every meal of my life. No sauce. Jeez. You just put different seasonings on them. The fat. Oh, it's amazing. That's my go-to. I don't trust myself with that. I just got to go with a nice New York strip. Put that on the you grill. Can't beat that either. They you can't, you nice. can't go wrong with it. Can't go wrong. So shout out to them. Uh, tailgating Iowa, Iowa State fan, either one. Uh, support Fairway Meat and Grocery. Support Iowa everywhere. And uh, pick them. Hit them up for your tailgating needs. All right. Also, want to remind you guys: we this is our first week of shows. We're still building. Rate, subscribe, review on the podcast if you can. That helps. It's algorithms. We don't really care. Like, it's not that big of a deal to us. Like that, you tell us like how great we are. It's it helps with algorithms. If I'm just being honest. What with the hell you. does so, that mean? So, I mean, I know what an algorithm is, but what are you talking about? So, what that means, like the way Apple. Goes All right, this sounds terrible. I don't think you need to explain it because this is just, okay. uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. See, now you need to back Whatever. away from the mic. You're really hot now. Wait, I'm too close to it now? What What the hell, Yeah, yeah just back away from it just a little bit. See, I'm used to just having, you know, you put it on There you your, go, that's perfect. You put, you put it on your shirt <laughs> and you clip it there and you don't have to think about it. Now I got this big monstrosity in front of me. We're actually getting some of those for our studio. If you're oh, are you? Okay, great. Yeah, right. so we're gonna have like a cool studio where we can do game watches, and so nice. like last year, you know, I was playing in the Big Ten championship game. We can get some fans and sit in there and drink some beer, and we'll broadcast it. How sweet will that be? That sounds great. Yeah. All right, so we'll start with Iowa because you sent me a an alarming email <laughs> last night that you're starting to get nervous about South Dakota State. Um. I tried telling you on Monday, like, this isn't a team to screw around with. Are you? Yeah. And I knew. I know that they're number two in the country in FCS, but. Is this an Iowa or a South Dakota State reason that you're all of a sudden getting nervous to this? Or is this like a hassle anxiety thing the closer (laughs) you get to the game? Because I know people like that where on Monday, oh going to kill yeah. them. And then on Saturday, it's like, no, and you're finding every reason for your team to lose. What's I going think it's on? More, I think it's mostly South Dakota State and and what I've learned about them over the last few days. It's a little bit about Iowa and how they play. Uh, what, what scares me about South Dakota State is they are a really good team. They're used to winning. They went deep yeah. into the playoffs last year. Uh, they've beaten uh fbs teams before i mean they they killed colorado state last year they beat them i think by more than iowa did um but they have they have a tight end who is going to be somewhere between a first and a third round pick i think next year in the draft and they have another tight end who could be on an nfl team as well so they've got uh two great tight ends and they've got it all going offensively. They've got the quarterback. They've got the running back. They've got the receivers, the tight ends, the line. So what scares me about that is that tells me, even though Iowa's defense is is really good, I mean, one of the best in the country, I think, on paper coming in, I think South Dakota State's going to be able to score some points. Hmm. I, I don't know if they'll reach 
you know, the 20 point mark, but they're going to be able to score some points. Is Iowa going to be able to score some points? Do you have faith in Spencer Petrus to, to move this team down the field? Do you have faith in the offensive line to push South Dakota State around, get the running game going, and impose their will? The more I think about it, the more scared I get just because I, I can see South Dakota State making some big plays and putting up some points, a couple, three touchdowns in this game. And in my mind, I can't, I can't really picture Iowa doing that. <laughs> now, I think they will, but I just, I'm trying to picture Spencer Petrus completing some deep balls and some touchdown passes. And to who? Uh, right. Um, wide receiver depth is a, is a, is a major issue, but I will say this while I'm, while I'm worried about this game more than I thought I would be and worried about South Dakota state, I am not worried about the wide receivers for Iowa because yeah, it doesn't really matter. Well, you can't worry about the pass catchers when you're not even sure the ball is going to be catchable. You know, why worry about the pass catchers when the passes might not be catchable? I think it's more about Spencer Petrus and whether or not he can put the balls on target. I, I, I'm not worried about these a couple of walk-ons on the depth chart. They'll catch the football if it comes to them. You know, I, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about Iowa putting up enough points. That, that's that's what scares me because South Dakota State has a really good offense. One thing too about these FCS teams, I actually I would rather play like for Iowa. Um, who's your I'd rather play like one of those bad Mac schools in your first game than a South Dakota State. And there's a couple of reasons. You're right. I mean, I think South Dakota State's better than a lot of Mac teams. Oh, yeah. They could, they'd be a very competitive Mac team. Um, But the reason I say that too is like for these FCS schools, there's such a heightened, they, this game is all they've talked about for, Mm -hmm. for months. Right. Like, and you saw it with North Dakota State when they went in there a few years ago. Like, that North Dakota State built their program after, after, by beating these FBS teams. Like, that's how they, and then they would use that momentum and go into the FCS, you know, and win a national championship. One of the things, this would be, I think this will be really interesting to watch on Saturday for Iowa because we've talked a lot about the offensive line. Right. So you've, you've hammered on Petrus. If you talk to coaches, because I've I've asked coaches why like why do these FCS teams seem to like for a casual football fan you'd think that the lines would not match up that the Big Ten line would be able to dominate the FCS line and it's actually there's two things here one you're getting South Dakota State when they're completely healthy nobody's dinged up everybody's primed ready to go two and a really important thing is that the these FCS lines are generally undersized. And it presents a different type of problem than an Iowa would normally see going through a Big Ten schedule. There's They stunt a lot. They, you know, they do all kinds of crazy things because of the size differential. So that, to me, is just as interesting. Um, that has always been, from my experience, one of the big reasons why Northern Iowa messes with Iowa State so much 
as Iowa State has generally had big offensive linemen and stuff, and they don't like messing with the athleticism of these undersized defensive tackles coming over from uh, Cedar Falls. So, yeah, I think we kind of meet at the same spot. Um, that we would probably both – I don't even know what the number is, but I think this is a low-scoring game. I still think Iowa wins it. I'm not I'm not picking a Hawkeye loss here. Yeah, and but I don't I'm not, think I'm I would not, I'm not here not to – I'm not here saying that they're going to lose the game and I'm, I'm really not that worried that they're going to lose the game. I'm worried that this is going to be a game though. I, I do think um, South Dakota state poses some unique challenges. They're a really good team. It's the best. It's the best South Dakota state team. They think they've ever had. Um, I was listening to the Murph and Andy show um, a couple of days ago, Zach Borg, a former colleague of mine at uh, WHO TV in Des Moines. Yeah. Borg called in. He, he works in, I think, Sioux Falls. So he covers South Dakota State uh, and North Dakota State all the time. I used and to see he, him all the time when TJ was there. We'd bump into each other and give each other a high five. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You're very yeah. familiar with South Dakota State with TJ. Um, yeah. Yep. But he, you know, he he thinks that this is going to be a really good game into the fourth quarter. Um, and this, this tight end that they have, it's, it's either Kraft or Croft. Um, I was watching a uh, an interview with him uh, from the off season, and he he flat out came out and said I was offered six figures to transfer to a major program, and I turned it down to stay here at South Dakota State, where I'm getting nothing other than my scholarship. And uh, you know I, I've seen him on some mock drafts late in first rounds. I just uh, – and the thing is that – and Zach pointed this out in the interview. I guess I, I never really thought of the Dakotas uh, growing up in Iowa. I just didn't. Uh, they're, they're a there's no, they're, I've never even been to the Dakotas, but apparently they think about Iowa a lot. And there's a lot of people up there that follow the Iowa football program. Uh, and I'm sure there's a bunch of Nebraska fans too that might be a little bit older. I mean, that's kind of the closest, best program – to that state. So they, this is huge for them to, to come to Iowa city and to, to face the Hawkeyes and have a chance to, to notch maybe the biggest win in program history and get this season off to an incredible start, a season that they think is going to be their best of all time. Yeah. And, and Iowa would be ripe for that just because, well, how do you win at football? You have to score points and no matter how good your defense is, I just, like I said, I'm I, really, I can't, I can't picture Petrus throwing a touchdown because he threw one touchdown pass over the last six or seven games of the season. We just haven't seen it. What do you think on this? Cause I, I don't know how to, I think I was a little bit different because they've created turnovers so well consistently for so long. Like clear, clearly Bill Parker and that, that second, like they, they do something really well. Right. I'm not trying to mm -hmm. take away from it. Their turnover margin's been so good. Uh, they've created so many takeaways, right, for so many years. Does that even out at some point? Like, you worry know, about that you, as an You Iowa were talking fan. about this on Monday's pod, too. Um, can you rely on that each and every year? Yeah. To be, you know, plus 15 turnover margin. If this turnover to margin's on Saturday, 0-0 zero, zero or 1-1, one, one, like, it's a good game, right? Oh, yeah, I would think so. I just got a text from uh, – my dad, Don Hassel, 
Hey, Don. Iowa 38, San Diego State 10. No way they, uh, sorry, South Dakota State 10. No way South Dakota State can score on that Iowa defense. By the way, my dad has predicted a 10 and 2 season for Iowa with wins over Michigan and Ohio State. Who you I, I believe to? something like a 7 and 0 start. So you're losing to Purdue then? Like who are yes. you losing to if you're 10 and 2? My, my dad has them losing to Purdue and Minnesota. The Purdue deal, like, do you hate them after they took your guy? That sucks, like that? man. But I, I don't. Those are two I, guys. Like, they're like right. real dudes. Those aren't like backups. Those are real guys but, who really have helped. But you Iowa. can't blame them. Like, you understand. No. It. Like, why wouldn't you? If you were one of those kids, why wouldn't you do that? You see Purdue you, come in here, Kinnick Stadium, throw it all over the yard, run you out of the building, and, where you just can't get anything going offensively through the air throughout the entire season why wouldn't you want to go play there do you hate purdue now like is that like your new no. northwestern where no? no 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 i mean i purdue still is just kind of a pain in the ass kind of like i mean i don't hate northwestern i i you know i i, I don't like playing northwestern because it's it's never that fun and Purdue, though, just has – there's just a little bit different – they just feel like they have Iowa's number. I've never felt that about Northwestern. Yes, they've beaten Iowa. But Fat, uh, Pat Fitzgerald is a great coach. But um, Purdue, no. I mean, I I respect them because they, they'll come in and just whip your ass and you won't even know what happened. Penn State, Purdue tonight on Fox. I love that game. I, I think that's a I, really intriguing pick- game. I'm going to pick Purdue in the upset for what it's worth. What is it, three and a half? At home. Three and a half, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're giving me the, the hook there, I think I would I think I think would be on the Purdue side as well. At home, I, di- I just don't think people realize how good Aiden O'Connell is, how good that offense is, um, how tough they are to stop. And I, I think they could be a contender in the division this year. I mean – it's, it's Wisconsin, too. it's Iowa, and I think it's Purdue. I mean, I until I see it from a Minnesota, I, I, I would never pick Minnesota to win. The West has a bunch of those programs where you're just kind of like, I mean, even like well, then you have Northwestern the- that the, Northwestern will win three games last year, and then they'll come and you know challenge for a Big Ten title this season. I mean, they they, they don't make any sense. But I, I don't think I, I don't like think they're going to be in the running for it either. I like their quarterback, though. I feel like they at least have a little stability there now where they haven't in recent years. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, Reganey's out for Iowa. You're not worried about the wide receivers. Anything else we need to pick off the bone for South Dakota State, Iowa? I think think we both see it going the same way. I think that going into the fourth quarter, Iowa fans will feel like they're going to win the game, but it won't be necessarily locked up. You're going to have to play a full, full deal. Yeah, one of those games where you just have kind of a knot in your stomach the whole way, unless unless Spencer Petrus does stuff we haven't seen since early on last season. You know, uh, I I hope we do. I hope the offensive line can uh, push some people around and Petrus can um, can get the ball out. Uh, but this game does scare me a little bit. Iowa State. Hosting Southeast Missouri State. That one does not hope. scare me a little bit. That one doesn't scare me at all, nor should it any Iowa State fan. I want to give a shout-out to Trent Condon from KXNO. For what, getting who, you the lines for this game? Yeah. 
He actually, so I do a, I'm doing a picks column for Cyclone Fanatic now with all the Big 12 games this year. So we can see how bad I am against the number. <laughs> and there were like four games where Trent had to go to like Costa Rica to find a point spread for me. He always finds them though, doesn't he? Oh yeah. He's got guys all over the world. Uh, he's got like Russian bookies, like no, he, uh, 37 and a half. Iowa State is a favorite over the Red Hawks from Southeast Missouri State. Stansbury pulled this stat that they have like 38 or something like 38 or 40 freshmen on this team who are scholarship guys. They only get 65 scholarships. Uh, 37 and a half. Like I'm not, I don't feel greedy saying I want like a cold hearted blowout. By Iowa no, State. I mean, you, sh- you you should absolutely want that against a not so good FCS team. Now, I know the Ohio Valley isn't isn't a good football conference, but I I believe they're picked second in that conference. I think so too. Yeah, I which think they I finished really... second or third last year, and they're picked second this year, which is surprising if they do have so many freshmen on the team. But I mean, that might just speak to how bad that conference is at the FCS level in, in football. See, and this is different, too, because I just talked about defensive lines, FCS defensive lines and whatnot. I don't think that Iowa, Iowa State is an offensive line concern, right? Like, that's where we're all kind of like, oh, got to see that group. But I don't know if you're really going to be able to learn much from this game. I really don't. No. Like I, no. I, Iowa, I, I think we'll be able to pick something up from that. Like, how does this group look? Because South Dakota State's got, like, real dudes. I just – I, I think that you're just going to see a ton of big plays, like a 70-yard pass, like, right? Like, I think this is going to be similar to the Monroe game from a few years ago. I don't expect you to remember that, but Iowa State scored like 70 in that game. And mm-hmm. I think if they want to, they should be able to do that against SEMO. To your point about wanting to play uh, a MAC team instead of South Dakota State if you're Iowa, it's like from a national perspective – People don't really look at these two games, these two opponents that Iowa and Iowa State have that much differently. I mean, you have to know college football and FCS football to know how much different these opponents are. Southeast Missouri State and South Dakota State. I mean, South Dakota State would be a 25-point favorite against Southeast Missouri State. But if you struggle, if Iowa struggles with South Dakota State, and Iowa State struggles with Southeast Missouri State. I think both teams we looked at the exact same way. That's the problem with playing a really good FCS team. Oh yeah, no doubt. South Dakota State could. I mean, if you if you stack them up against every team in the Big Ten, they. I mean, they could beat probably three or four of them. You could They'd probably say that about the Big Twelve too, right? Like that's where Simo would be a. 20 point underdog to anybody mm-hmm. in those two leagues. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, um, I just, I'm not like, I know Iowa State fans are going to say, well, what about the offensive line? And I just, I don't think you're going to learn anything. I think, sure, I want to see Hunter Deckers, no doubt, live reps again in front of 60,000 people, all that. Uh, I want him to look sharp. But again, like, I just, is it going to be so, 60,000 people? Last I heard from Pollard, it was about 57,000, right? 
I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm just, I guess What's I was going just on. Assuming... Wait, wait, Come on, buy some. T- I mean, th- this is going to be a good team. I, I think people are sleeping on this team a little bit. I, gonna, I'm, yeah. I won't lie. I'm, I'm a little surprised that they haven't sold it out. Like I thought that I, I don't know. Like I, I really don't know why. Maybe I was sold out like all their games, right? Yeah. It's stunning. I, that, which is, that's really surprising kind of the me that Iowa did it. Iowa yeah. State usually is like like that, and then mm-hmm. Iowa's having to d- give away like free pizza or something, right? Like, or that's well, the that's basketball. the basketball team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we asked asked Bohannon about that. <laughs> we'll have to. Oh, but they had a good first show. I don't know if you listened to it. They, those guys are coming together a little bit, Jared and Jay. Yeah, I like the, okay, uh, there you the go. dumbass of the week. Oh yeah, there. See, there it is. We're close to fifty-seven k for the opener. Several days to go. Still an opportunity to purchase seats for Saturday's game. Pollard tweeted that out yesterday. Um, but they haven't sold out any game, correct? Like the Baylor game. The not that Oklahoma I'm aware game? of. If they have, I've missed it. But I don't really sit around looking for attendance numbers like I used to either. Um, there you go. Your dad's chiming in. He says. Yeah. Iowa State 45 24. He no, calls no, Iowa no. State Ames. That's yeah, a little disrespectful. Ames. Yeah, he will he won't say Iowa State. Yeah. We need to get our dads on a podcast together. That'd be a hell of a time. My dad hates Iowa. We grew up and we had like season oh, tickets man. to Iowa. That He's would be a good podcast. Dad has seen how mean Iowa fans have been to me on the internet and just hates them now. Absolutely hates Iowa. Like Look. it's it's not. I'm sure I, I get it. I get it. Got to be something I mean, if, to that. Your dad probably seen Iowa State fans call you an idiot a million times, and probably feels the honestly same way. though. I, I've gotten a, a lot more hate from Iowa fans than Iowa State fans, especially mm. the last five to ten years. When I first started out in Des Moines, it was all coming mostly from Iowa State. Now, Iowa fans would get after me sometimes when I, you know, make fun of them on sound off or whatever, because I'm, I'm an equal opportunity harasser you know if, if uh, little lick a lot of little bite. lick a lot of bite little lick a lot of bite they, they a lot of people wanted my either wanted me fired or wanted my credentials revoked from iowa city so no i i i think uh this is that's a testament to my dad's love for the hawkeyes because there are a lot of hawkeye fans who don't like me and he still he still defends everything about the program I had um, this was too conservative. I I wrote my Big Twelve picks column yesterday. I wish I would have gone more. I'm gonna change it right now. Fifty six to seven, Iowa State. Fifty six to seven. So you right think now, that they're I, just gonna just keep the the pedal to the metal the whole game? Well, is that a lock, man? We away in a prison cell. <laughs> it what sounded like my the Ferrar school this last weekend. <laughs> Locker's shaking. Uh, no, I just lock it away. I feel like because of their depth chart and because of all the young guys that they, that it's like an open competition on Saturday where they're going to keep calling real plays and stuff like that too. I think they're going to try and run up the score, but it's hard to tell. They've got four guys who could be their starting running back in theory. It's hard to tell the third string guy not to hit that hole, right? Mm-hmm. They've got 
This is the deal with this Iowa State team compared to others from what I've been told is they have real depth. Back in the day when you covered Iowa State, Hassle, if if Jake not got hurt, the whole defense was done. Yeah. Or, you're right. Yeah, and now they point. actually have depth, so they want to – they've recruited better. Like They've got like the five best recruiting classes in school history in a row. So I think they want to see what these guys can do against another opponent leading into next week with the Cyhawk game. All right, moving on. You got anything else on Iowa State or are you good? I, I don't. I and, and I hopefully we won't have that much else on that game because it should just be a game to everybody feel good about themselves. Uh everybody get in the end zone. It's just kind of a celebration of the of the new season beginning and then turn your sights to the Cyhawk game. You you've you've got a couple of what you're calling fraudulent marquee matchups in yes. week one. Yes, the the, the the marquee matchups because you know you go at, at a national level and we we've done it at CBS Sports HQ and uh, you know every national outlet's going to do it. You're gonna you're gonna gravitate toward the Ohio State Notre Dame. That's a top five showdown. Georgia Oregon. That's a top eleven showdown. Both of those games, in my mind, those are fraudulent marquee matchups because. Those are three score spreads. Those games are not expected to be close. Uh, Oregon's not going to be able to hang with Georgia. Georgia defense is going to suffocate them. And Ohio State should run away from Notre Dame at the shoe. I mean, in my mind, those aren't the games that we really should be giving so much attention to. We're just doing it because of the rankings and the names, the prestige Ooh, Notre Dame's going to the horseshoe. It's cool. I'll 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 tune in. Absolutely. I'll have it on for the, you know, the first half and I I hope that Notre Dame and Oregon can make those those games. I just don't see it happening. I mean, Ohio State is so much better, more talented than Notre Dame. And I it, I I think it's ridiculous that Notre Dame is ranked 5th. That's No doubt. I'm I'm completely agree. Their over under been- win total is eight and a half. Yeah, them and Oklahoma have no business being where they're at. In Ohio State is a clear-cut national championship contender. They got the Heisman favorite. That that should be a blowout. And and I don't think Oregon is going to be able to score much on Georgia either. Um, and that's basically it's a de facto home game for Georgia. It's it's uh, it's in Atlanta. Um, I, I just I I think. Smart football fans see through it. The casuals, though, the casuals, all they care about this weekend is those big matchups that we're putting the spotlight on. Those aren't the best games of the week, Chris. They're not. No. So that's why we created this next segment that we're going to do every week during the season. Excuse me. The two guys named Chris, top three games of the weekend. Really, um, really original. (laughs) But I think this will be fun to do because we're not going to pick like, oh, number two versus number three. Or mm-hmm. like we're going to go like which games just personally are we most interested in? You'll probably gravitate more towards the Big Ten. I'll probably gravitate a lot towards Big 12. You cover a lot of Conference USA, so you're going to be able to teach us a lot about some of these. You do some, you've done some Mountain West. Like, you know a lot about mm-hmm. these group of five schools that American, a lot of our yeah, listeners. Yeah, I, li- I like group of five. Group, you can have a great yeah. matchup in the group of five, and we'll get Absolutely. you 
So I think this will be this will be a fun way for us to cover the whole map. Do we want to try to pick three separate games? Can we overlap at all? I think it'll be fun if we don't tell each other going into it. Okay. Fair but enough. But we can't do Iowa and Iowa State, right? No Iowa and Iowa State. State. And no cherry picking, you know, the one versus two. Yeah, I mean, I feel like some weeks there might be like if, if number one versus number two, I mean, maybe we maybe that's one. But I, I think that we get a little more obscure with these. Sure. Show the rest of the map. You, you want to go first or you want me to? Uh, you go first. All right. Number three for me is Cincinnati at Arkansas. Great game. Arkansas, seven and a half point favorite. It started at six, steamed up for two reasons. Arkansas thinks they're going to be pretty good. We'll see. Are they going to be pretty good nationally or pretty good? Like for their standards is a, is a different conversation. Cincinnati's really fascinating to me though. You lose a lot of your big name guys, right? To the draft. You, you come off of your playoff appearance. But, like, Luke Fickle, to me, th- this isn't a program that's just going to go from the playoff to all of a sudden they're 6-6 six and six and on a rebound rebuild. Like, I, I think that the, – the, I don't know if Cincinnati will win this game, but I'm really interested to see how they perform at a good SEC team in week one. If they go in there and win this game, what's to say they're not going to run the table again? and be a playoff contender. I don't know. And this is one of the things, Hassel, like going into week one, we don't really, if we're being honest, we don't really know anything about hardly any of these teams because college coaches are so protective of information and whatnot. And now in the Some won't even release a depth chart. Yeah. The the depth chart Matt Campbell put out is just garbage. Like, it's just, he's telling us Jake Rimsburg's day-to-day. He's not day-to-day. Like, right? Like, so it's, we just don't, we don't know anything. And Cincinnati's one of those teams where, okay, I guess uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they would lose by two touchdowns here. I wouldn't be surprised if they won it. And uh, so I'm I'm really intrigued by that. I think it could have national implications. Yeah, I talked to uh, Josh Pate and Danny Cannell about this game yesterday. We broke it down. Um, and Pate's actually going to this game. Pate can go to oh, any wow. game he wants for his uh, – this year he's calling it his every given Saturday tour for late kick. <laughs> He's going to that game. He thinks it's going to be the best game of the weekend. And and he says, look, nobody is picking Cincinnati outright. Nobody. He said, we'll see. He thinks that's going to be a really good game, and Cincinnati has a chance. That that That's a great pick. In Cincinnati, like, they're used to big spots. Like, they're not going to go oh, yeah. into Arkansas and be intimidated. or They do this no, all the but time. But it's going to be a great atmosphere because you're right. Arkansas fans are jacked up about this season. I, my, my best friend from high school is – Huge Arkansas fan. He thinks they're winning 10 plus this year. Wow. Okay. Uh, number two is tonight. I almost put this as number one, uh, but it's West Virginia at Pitt, the backyard brawl mm. for the first time since um, 2011, I think. Great piece by Ross Dillinger of Sports Illustrated this week about the history of this game and how it came back. Uh, shout out to both athletic directors and schools for actually playing this game. This is no this kidding. Is, uh, same with. We kind of hit on Nebraska, Oklahoma, renewing that, right? This is good for college football. Um, this is the prime ESPN game tonight. Pitt is really interesting with Keldon Slovis coming to replace Kenny Pickett. They got to replace their offensive coordinator, but the entire offensive line is back for a top 25 team. Um, and they've got like three of their 
best running back. They, they're, I think Pitt's going to be pretty good. I'm really curious from a Big 12 standpoint with West Virginia, JT Daniels starting for Neil Brown there. West Virginia is a little, just a little bit to a lesser extent, like the Big 12's Nebraska right now hassle where it's like every year I feel like Neil Brown might get them over the hump and – you know, really established them as an upper tier program in that league. And he hasn't been able to do it yet. He hasn't had as much time as Frost. I don't, that's probably not a great comparison, but the West Virginia fans are really confident. And I don't quite know. I would pick pick to win this game, but if West Virginia could go on the road and win this one, like I think that that would be a statement in the big 12 and a, what we think is a wide open big 12. So just, mm-hmm. th- it's hard to find week one games where like, both sides like really hate each other and care. And this is probably huh, of all of them, the biggest one of this. Of the it's week. a shame they don't play this every year. Um, as we've, we've, we've read about, we've talked about West Virginia in the big 12. doesn't make any sense. They, they've lost all their regional rivalries basically. So it's good that they have this one back this year. Um, Pittsburgh. Did you see Desmond Howard's college football playoff uh, prediction? I did. I heard he he's got put Pittsburgh him in the playoff. In. Yeah, he's got Pittsburgh in it. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that are high on them, even though they lost Kenny Pickett and they lost the number one wide receiver in college football last year to USC. Uh, This is going to be this can be fun. I'm really excited to to kick off the weekend with this one. Last for me, uh, number one, I like that it's standalone. Mm. Florida State at LSU. You've got the Brian Kelly storyline. Florida State, like I, I love Mike Norvell. Iowa State played them in a Liberty Bowl when Mike Norvell was at Memphis. Um, I followed them last year with with Chubba Purdy being there. He's at Nebraska now, but that was kept an eye on them. I've always been Hassel. You probably need to learn this about me. I mean, I'm not like fanatical about it. I've always been a closet Florida State fan, and it goes back you're, to my. You're talking childhood. to me like we haven't known each other for almost 20 years. This I'm well aware of this, Chris. Well, I got to tell the audience then. Okay. But okay. I, they've always been like, I, I, I root, started rooting for them when they beat Nebraska in the orange bowl in the nineties. Cause I mm-hmm. hated Nebraska so much. And I was like, Oh, for guys, our age, late thirties. I mean, when we were growing up and starting to watch sports, Florida state was the it team. Yeah. The yeah, awesome the logo. Chubb, Charlie Ward, yeah. you know, so that, I'll be rooting for Florida State, obviously, in that one. But LSU is interesting too. I think I have an I have an over on Florida State as far as the ticket goes for their win total, and they, I mean, they played Duquesne or whoever it was, so you can't really t- take anything from it. Like, I, I Florida no State idea. fans are, are they're they're feeling themselves now, though. After uh, after that victory over Duquesne, they they really put a lot of stock into that. They think they're going to win this game outright. This was Danny Cannell's upset special. Big surprise, wow. Danny Cannell, former Florida State quarterback. Okay. He thinks they're going to win this game. But L- I mean, this is it. This is in the Superdome. LSU always plays well there. It's a home game. Base. I mean, de facto neutral, but it's it's a home game for LSU. See what Brian Kelly can do with this. You know, he's got questions at quarterback. Where, where, where are they going to go? They, they they've had a, a a back and forth battle all summer long, and Florida State. I, I, there's a lot of Florida State fans that think this is the year they finally turned it around. So that that is going to be a good game. That's Sunday night. Yes. That's the Sunday game, right? I believe you, so. Because then you yeah, have standalone Sunday, and then Monday it's uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech. 
Yes. Which that'll be terrible. Georgia Tech's awful. Yes. Like really, really could be historically bad from what I've read. But so that's your number one game of the week. Yeah. What do you got? What, what are you, what's yeah. your top three? Well, I'm I, that's I'm starting right there. That's that's my number three game of the week, and we've kind of gone over this already. Uh, I, I think this is gonna be a really fun game, and I like that it's on Sunday, and you know it's not competing with anything else uh, with Brian Kelly factor, the LSU quarterback factor, and you know just two huge brands going at it in really a game that looks like a toss up. So that's my third best game. My second best game is one I don't think you would pick. Houston coming to the Big 12 next year. Yep. Four point favorites. That's all on the road in the Alamo Dome against UTSA, UT San Antonio, the Roadrunners. Now, this is a team that won double digit games last season. They were ranked at the end of the year. I saw them several times in person. They won Conference USA. They're the favorites to win it again this season. They returned pretty much all of their key players. At home in the Alamo Dome, which is going to be packed and loud, that the fan base has really gotten behind them there in San Antonio. This is going to be a fun spot because it's a Houston team that thinks this is the year for New Year's Six, maybe even a dark horse run to the college football playoff. They 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 have a lot of talent. Of course, familiar with Dana Holgerson, who was at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a really tough start to the season where you have to go on the road against a team that not a lot of people know that much about, and you're only a four-point favorite. I think that uh, I, I think that this is going to be uh, has a potential to be a really fun game and a great atmosphere. That's a great game. Yeah, UTSA was one of the best stories in college football last year. I thought they were just mm-hmm. they're fun. I kind of got behind them and bet on them a lot. Houston thinks that they could be this year's Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten that vibe? Yes, absolutely. And I we, we I've talked to some experts who believe that Houston is is that group of 5 team that could make that run this season and that the schedule is pretty favorable because I they avoid I think two of the top three other teams in the American of the regular season. Now, you know, they might end up having to play Cincinnati in a, in, in the American championship game, but I think they avoid Cincinnati and UCF in the regular season. So uh, they get past the non-conference. Cause I think they have to go to Texas tech after this as well. So that's Correct. another tough road game in state. Yeah. They win those two games. And I think all of a sudden people might be talking, wow, this Houston team could run the table. Are they the team? that uh, becomes this year's Cincinnati. Yeah, so there's national implications on that game. What a what a buzzsaw, though, going into San Antonio. That Alamo Dome, have, have you ever watched Iowa play there? Have you been there for one of those games? I have not been. For, for the Alamo yeah. Bowl, no. That, that, yeah. that you can get Big Ten loud. lost that tie-in, and you guys got it in the Big 12. That's a great bowl game, and um, it's, it's, it's a fun city. Uh, I'm calling All right, number games. three. I'm calling some games at UTSA this season. You mean number uh, one? Who's their, uh, yeah, who's their coach again? UTSA. He's a great story. Do you know off the top of your head? He, th- so the, he was a high school coach. Yeah. And there's a good story here. I knew that. Just took over last season and I think started 10-0. and 0. This trailer. guy, 
he he's just a, a really nice guy who knows how to coach football. He is just a football coach and uh, should have been Jeff Trailer should have been the could have been, in my opinion, the national coach of the year last year. I think they only lost one game, but uh, that's my number two game of the weekend. Uh, my my top game of the weekend, and I'm surprised this wasn't on your list. Utah going to the swamp. This you. is a this is a really intriguing matchup. You got Florida State with new head coach Billy Napier at home as an underdog in non conference play. Utah, a really sexy, sleek preseason pick to go to the college football playoff. And you have two quarterbacks who are dark horse Heisman Trophy candidates going into the season. Anthony Richardson at Florida, they think he could be have a real breakout year. And Cameron Rising for Utah, who had just a magnificent season out of nowhere last year. Uh, this, this is my number one game of the weekend. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Uh, in Utah, a favorite at the Swamp. Uh, I can't wait for that one. Have you ever had any run-ins with Utah's fan base? Never. And I, why have you? Well, with this whole Big 12 versus Pac-12 thing. Ah, okay. No, I've, I. in fact, I've never the, met a Utah fan. They're the worst. I honestly think it's the worst fan base I've ever dealt with. Well, they're, they're passionate just, in Utah. I, I, I've I've called a bunch of college football games at Utah State. Between Utah State, BYU, and Utah, all kind of in that Salt Lake City area, I mean, they are passionate sports fans. One thing I have learned is that the Holy War. So I've befriended BYU fans mm-hmm. on on the Twitter machine, and the Holy War is kind of a whole different deal than what we have going on here with Cyhawk. Like the level of hate. I mean, I guess they call it the Holy War for a reason, but because it's it's, it's kind of a religious thing. Yeah. And they I I made some like joking kind of tweets that I was a big BYU guy. I hate Utah and all this stuff. And like the the level of vitriol that was coming at me from these Ute fans. It was really, really, really intense. I don't think I was quite prepared to jump into the Holy War, but I'm now I'm all in now. I'm a BYU guy. So I'm I I'm with you. Like I'm very interested in this game. Give me Florida. Uh, I'm rooting for Florida here because I can't handle Utah going to the college football playoff. That would be really bad for me personally. But the <laughs> there's another aspect of this Utah of this game that I think is interesting. And mm-hmm. it kind of goes into the Michigan conversation with the quarterbacks that I've thought a little deeper about is Harbaugh could be trying to keep both of those guys at Michigan, right? Cause you can just transfer now. Like it's just a totally different world we live in. And Florida had a lot of problems. If you read with their collective, right. Where they didn't think that you know, their point being, it may be the first game for Billy Napier, but when you look mm-hmm. at what he's getting paid, you look at the, setup of you know the future of college football i think it's safe to say like there will already be people doubting him if they lose this opening game to utah 
There have already been I've people seen. doubting him because he got off to a really rough start on the recruiting trail. Now things kind of picked up toward the end of the offseason, toward the end of this latest recruiting cycle, and he's 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 won some favor with the fans. But you're right. I mean, you lose this you lose your first game at home. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that there are many Florida first year head coaches who would have lost Nori. No. Sorry. Our our dog Nori just had ACL and meniscus surgery. She's got the cone of shame on, and uh, she heard somebody at the My, door. I had to put Dirks in his kennel because the last on Monday he started eating all the trash from my <laughs> trash can here, so I locked him up so that I didn't have that problem. But yeah, he's it, on prednisone. It, have you ever had to put your dog on a steroid and then they just eat everything? I don't think so. Really? Yeah, he'll eat anything. Is that what Any- Sosa and McGuire were like in the late nineties? You think they just <laughs> ate everything? Just, just probably they needed calories. Yeah. Needle in one hand and a hamburger in the other. No, you're right. I mean, if they lose this game, even though Utah's favored and Utah is expected to have a much better season than Florida, you you ratchet that pressure up right away. And as I was saying before, Nori interrupted me. I can't imagine that there are many first year Florida head coaches that lost their first home game. I, I can't imagine that. Normally, Remember, I think you start with a better, you know, a, a, a more favorable matchup. Feels like not that long ago, Dan Mullen was like the guy. Yeah, it, it went so wrong so fast. <laughs> oh, and it, it mostly man. happened on the recruiting trail. It, recruiting he was a so can't miss. And he, yeah. He was a can't miss. He was one of the, like, Frost was like that. Where it's just like, there's certain hires where you're like, oh, this is, this is a can't miss. And Dan Mullen was like that. Nebraska and uh, North Dakota, that was not one of our games uh, to watch this week. No. It's not North Dakota State. It's North, North Dakota. Dakota. The Sioux. So, the Fighting Sioux, I believe. Yeah, that's uh, that should be a, a romp for, for Nebraska. The win by 50-plus fan base will get all puffed Frothy. up again. Yeah. Shout out to Fairway Meat and Grocery, the exclusive title sponsor of two guys named Chris. You're tailgating in Ames or Iowa City. We would encourage you to stop at a local fairway store on your way to load up and support Chris, where, our sponsor in Iowa everywhere. Where did the most people uh, consume our first show? Was it on Twitter? Was it on Apple Podcasts? Where was it? I think you know. I would have to completely crunch the numbers. I would say. Apple Podcasts would be number one as far as people listening to the entire hour. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a getting lot a lot of DMs, on- Chris. Getting a lot of DMs. Yeah, a lot of Twitter uh, executives lot of- in uh, coming on board executive. with Iowa everywhere. Oh yeah. All right. CEOs yeah. like yeah. major companies. I don't know why they think I'm in charge. I guess my name's Chris. Yeah. I'll send them your the- way. Brett McMurphy. Reporting that the that Oregon and Washington have now both met with the Big Ten. It's got to be um, happening, right? I mean, well, it's I mean it, here's what's weird: like, you don't normally get these type of like matter of fact reports when it comes to this stuff. Like True. when USC yeah, the and other UCLA th- have just happened, right? And and same with Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, it was just Correct. out of nowhere, gone. And if you think back to when the missile crisis started in 2010, like 
I mean, we knew that the Big 12 was kind of messed up, but like it, they all kind of just I don't I don't know. I I'm with you. I think that it's it's somewhat inevitable, but it all comes down to as well with the Big 12 happening to put out a press release yesterday that it had opened its media rights negotiations with Fox and ESPN. I, I talked with some people at the Big 12 about this. And, I mean, basically you're negating the Pac-12's one advantage mm-hmm. was that the Pac-12 had hardcore, like, numbers, real numbers that they could take to their people and say, this is what you'll make if you sign a new grant of rights here. Well, the Big 12 now can get real numbers and not just projections. And so are they looking at the numbers that the that they will get with the four teams that are going to be added and yes. without Oklahoma and Texas? Yes. Are they and also going theory- to yeah, are they also going to play there. in there? Like, oh, what if we add uh, Arizona yeah. and Arizona State and Utah and Colorado? I think so. Yeah, I think that okay. this is a ploy by the Big Twelve to be able to kind of, you know, put the carrot out there for those schools. Another interesting part of this is that if ESPN is truly talking to the Big Twelve, which Pete Thamel is the guy who reported this and he works for ESPN. So I just, I can't imagine he's wrong right. on, on what he's reporting. Um, very possible. I'm told uh, almost likely that this will speed up and ex- expedite the Texas to Oklahoma move, move to the sec. And I think that's a good thing. Don't you for everybody move on? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there should not be a big 12, that includes Cincinnati and Oklahoma. You know, when those four teams come in, Texas and Oklahoma should go out. I mean, I I don't want to see that conference for a year or two. I I, I, want to see it like it's going to be. Speed it up. Why wait? Agree on a fee and move on. Yeah, I think they'll make it, Chris, so it's advantageous for the Big 12 to let them out. Because right now the Big 12 is like, well, they have these exit fees and right, right, like it's all about money. We we know this. I think ESPN could do it because a lot of Big 12 fans are like, well, why are you talking to ESPN? They tried to kill your conference. <laughs> and I, I one, like you only have so many options, right? Because I don't think CBS or NBC are probably going to be too serious right. about the Big 12 now that they have the Big 10. I think the ESPN could say. Listen, we'll pay you more than you're actually worth if you let them out of their mm-hmm. agreement. And the re- so you're going to have a better deal. And with that, ESPN can get its new SEC going, which is yeah. going to make them more money than what they would be paying over the Big 12. And it kind of resets everything with college football at the same time when USC and UCLA yes. go to the Big 10. So I think that yeah. that's the ideal situation for everybody. It is, it, 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 and college football fans as well. Where it, it's it's ideal for um, ESPN because you're starting with your new SEC the same time that uh, you know the other networks are going to be starting with the new Big Ten, adding USC and UCLA. The reason I think that this Washington Oregon thing is, is going to happen is because 
I just can't see the Big Ten leaving USC and UCLA out there all by themselves with no one else that's even close travel-wise. I think they have to add some more West Coast teams to this conference to make it viable schedule and travel-wise. That, and don't you think, maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong here. Maybe I'm giving these decision-makers too much credit, which is very possible. But don't you think that USC and UCLA, before they did this, would be like, hey, what are the long-term plans? <laughs> right? Or are we going to have to be the, are we going to have to be traveling? Did they or did they just say, for- oh, that much? Oh, God, yes. Let's do I, it. Who cares about the travel? You might be right. I. You might be right. But the, the closest campus to L.A. is Nebraska. Yeah. 1,500 miles. Like I, Wall Street Journal did a phenomenal piece on this a couple of weeks ago about, I mean, they basically were like preview like because football is not a big deal. You only travel like five times a year, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like for the basketball teams and for like the volleyball teams, they're going to have to be gone for like two weeks at a time for it to truly make sense. And that's assuming they're still, you know, most volleyball programs don't take charter flights. Now, maybe they will in this new Big Ten. Or are they going to be um, connecting through uh, Denver on right? the way to connect, go through good Denver luck getting- and then to Chicago? And then how are you getting to, um, oh, Penn State? How are you getting there? You know, like there's if you're not chartering, you're not flying into an airport near Happy Valley. How are you getting to West Lafayette? <sighs> yeah, it's it's sad. But we're always looking out for the student athlete, Chris. Uh, that's a good way to end it. So, what are you? You're just sitting around and watching games this weekend. You don't. Oh yeah, I can't wait. I I can't wait. Yeah, I I, since I call the game week zero, I I don't have a game this weekend, and it's really rare for me to have a college football Saturday off. Um, so I'm gonna just just soak up as much college football goo as I can. That's great. mm, You're gonna be just salivating to get to get here on monday morning yes absolutely i'll be coming with material hey i've got uh i don't have like a, a tv room like some of our friends have and you might have but i go and i grab with the streaming devices the rokus and all that i go and i grab three tvs and i put them right next to each other so i've got three Perfect. games going at once i've got my you know the laptop my phone so i mean just 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 give it to i haven't had this feeling since March Madness. It's been so long since I've gotten the TVs out and lined them all up. But it's back, baby. I, I'm so happy. Best of luck to your Hawkeyes. Yeah, I don't think Iowa State's going to need any luck. Iowa, that Iowa game might be interesting. Fun first week, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, review. Because of the algorithms, right? Not for us. Big algorithms, guys. We don't care if we get a five-star review. We We just need it for the algorithm. I'm just being honest with the Transparency is the number one thing you can do, and I'm telling you guys, if you want to help us out, if you rate and review and subscribe, like that helps the algorithms. We're big algorithm guys. Whatever that means. I I trust you, though, Chris. I trust you. Stop on off at a fairway. Get yourself a bundle of meat on your way to Ames and Iowa City. Mm. Have a great weekend. Enjoy week one, everybody. Iowa everywhere.